Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. This is the calling of Levi the disciple. It is paralleled in Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13, where Jesus calls the disciple Matthew. There are very few differences between these texts, but there are a couple key ones that I'm going to point out. And if you want to listen to a devotion about the essence of the text, go back to episode 492, that's Matthew 9, 9 through 13. In today's devotion, we're going to talk about the differences between the texts and what we can glean from that and really what it says to us about the authority, the reliability, the inerrancy of Scripture. So let's go to Mark 2, verses 13 through 17. He was out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Again, the essence of this text is very powerful. There's a great message in what Jesus is talking about, about righteousness and sinners and who Jesus came for, why he's here. You can hear all that in episode 492, the parallel text from Matthew 9, 9 through 13. I want to highlight a couple things that Jesus jumped out at me that sent me down a rabbit hole where I learned some cool stuff today that frankly I should have known by now with my seminary degree and years of studying scripture, but I'm a slow learner and maybe some of you are as well and might be interested in this. So, so nowhere else is Matthew referred to as Levi, but we can infer in all likelihood that this is Matthew for a couple reasons. First of all, if you go back to Matthew chapter 9 and follow the content in Matthew chapter 9 and compare it to Mark chapter 2, the same stories are being told. Remember, we talked about 90% of the book of Mark being in the book of Matthew. So where Matthew calls this disciple Matthew, Mark calls the disciple Levi. Now what's interesting, and it's neither here nor there, and we don't really know what the motive was, but Matthew, the author of Matthew, calls himself, this is him being called, Matthew, whereas Mark calls him Levi. wonder why. And we don't really have an answer for that, at least not one that I've found yet. Also, Mark gives us a detail that Matthew doesn't give us. He says, Levi, the son of Alphaeus. Well, why would Mark include include Levi's father's name? Why didn't Matthew? Again, we don't know for sure. It probably has something to do with his audience. You remember Matthew's audience is primarily Jewish people who are familiar with the Old Testament, familiar with the Jewish customs and culture and religious framework. Mark's audience is not as Jewish. Mark's audience is more Gentile, more Roman. So maybe that Jewish audience of Matthew's automatically knew that Matthew, Levi, was the son of Alphaeus, and so it didn't need to be included, whereas the non-Jewish audience may have needed some help in connecting dots. <clears throat> so I did a little research on Alpheus, and I came across something that I should have known by now. It's plainly in scripture. It didn't tell me much about Alpheus, but there's another disciple, James, who is called the son of Alpheus. In just the next chapter, chapter 3, we're going to get there soon, Mark is going to list the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles, the original 12 that Jesus called. And in that list of names, there's a guy named James who's the son of Alpheus. 
You think, huh, if James is the son of Alphaeus and Levi or Matthew is the son of Alphaeus, then are they brothers? Actually, it's unlikely that they are. For one, in the very same text where Mark gives the names of disciples, he mentions James and John as sons of Zebedee, therefore brothers. So if Mark is mentioning other disciples that are brothers, but doesn't mention Matthew and James being brothers because they're the son of the same Alphaeus, makes us think that probably they aren't. And it's very possible that there were two Alphaeuses. What's also interesting in that text in Mark 3, when he lists the 12 apostles, he goes back to using the name Matthew instead of Levi. Hmm. I wonder what that's about. And again, I don't have a good answer. But I do have a takeaway related to all of this that I'll mention in a second. Before I mention that, just one interesting difference between the two texts, Mark and Matthew, that I found, which underscores a point we've already made. In Matthew, Jesus tells the people who are questioning him why he eats with tax collectors and sinners. He tells them to go learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. This is when he's talking about those who need a physician, those who are sick, are the ones that he can came for, not not for the ones who are not sick. This I desire mercy, not sacrifice text is from an Old Testament prophet, Hosea. Of course, Matthew included that because, as we've said, he's trying to reach a Jewish audience, connect the dots with them to the Old Testament and how Jesus is fulfilling the Old Testament so they will believe him to be the Messiah. Mark, on the other hand, does not include this detail because, as we've also said, his audience is not primarily Jewish. They would have no context for this. It would mean nothing to them. So here's my takeaway away from all this. This is all a little bit academic and not very pastoral or devotional, but as I dug through this today, the strongest impression I had is that scripture is totally reliable. It's totally true. It can be counted on. Think about it. If these guys were concocting a fake story to get everybody to believe something that wasn't true, Jesus isn't the Messiah, but they tried to convince us that he is. Jesus wasn't crucified and resurrected, but they're trying to convince everybody that he was. Wouldn't they have written these stories in a way that didn't lend it itself to these simple questions? Wouldn't Mark have used Matthew's name instead of Levi's? Wouldn't there have been some explanation for why there's two dudes who are sons of Alphaeus who are disciples, but we never get the answer for if it's the same Alphaeus or if they're brothers or not or why or what? We're just in the second of four Gospels and we're able to compare, even though 90% of Mark is in Matthew, we're able to compare Mark and Matthew, not to mention what's going to happen when we get to Luke and John, and we're able to see these small differences and nuances which are totally explainable and which should confirm confidence in us that these accounts were truly written by, that these accounts are truly accurate, written by men who are just writing what they knew. Each one of them has a slightly different perspective, a different angle, a different view of everything. They've got a different audience, a different purpose for their writings. So of course there are minor differences, not contradictory differences. All of this stuff can be harmonized and in the big idea, they're exactly on the same page. Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of God. He came to live a perfect life, to die a sinless death, paying the penalty for sin, rising again, defeating sin, death, the power of the devil, so that anybody who puts their faith and trust in him can receive his righteousness, be grafted into the family of God, be forgiven of their sins, and spend eternity with him in heaven. We can take this gospel message to the bank. I'm reminded of that again today, even in these obscure differences between Mark and Matthew's text related to the calling 
calling of Levi or Matthew, and I hope you're encouraged as well. Have a good day. The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, share with a friend, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, which is aired on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions to shape our lives the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they're bringing all three together to honor God and bless our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. That's thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight two ministry partners. First is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos and schedule events are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for their 101st annual conference from Saturday, July 30th through Saturday, August 6th in 2022. Second, if you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.